Welcome to the Claudio Rosano Show on ClaudioRosano.com, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Claudio will be speaking to sports legends from the 70s, 80s, and 90s about their careers, business, and what they're doing now. He will also hold roundtable discussions with some old friends about trending topics in the world of sports. And now, here's Claudio. Well, I want to thank you so much for tuning into the Claudio Relsano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. We are taping live from the My Policy Quote Studios in Swickley, Pennsylvania. I always worry about messing that up because today I did the Boxing Authority Show, I did the Italian Impact Weekly Show, and I, I guess I got the title of my own show downright. Uh, as always, I want to thank all of our great sponsors, Rick Mitchell for the intros and outros. My fantastic producer, Mr. Adams Luth, could not do the show without him. Today's guest, I think this is our third or fourth series of uh, wrestlers of the 70s and 80s. It is Mr. Rick Mitchell. Rick, what's going on? Always a pleasure, Claude. How are you? I'm good, brother. I'm good. We were just telling Adam, I believe this is 43 years that we've uh, yeah. that we've been friends, which is unbelievable. And yeah. Adam hasn't been alive yeah. that long. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's that, one of us is either really old or one of us is either really uh, young. So I think he's really we'll young. Figure we'll that out. That. Yeah. <laughs> Rick, we're going to talk about two big personalities. Maybe three, uh, at least on our end, you know, out this way, we we didn't get to see these other two too much. We saw the first two a lot, but we're going to talk today about Dusty Rhodes, the Iron Sheik, Nick Bockwinkle, and Vern Gagne. But we're going to start off with Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. What is what's the first thing that comes to mind when I when I say to you, Dusty Rhodes? Uh, the, the, his 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 promos, his. Right. His his interviews. The absolute first thing is just the 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 son of a plumber. You know the 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 all American kind of you know uh, persona that he had. What I loved about Dusty Rose when he spoke, he didn't he wasn't just a great speaker. Like he he wasn't just great on the mic, but he created a character that stayed with him his whole career. He created this, and you could see it in your mind's eye as he was speaking. There's a lot of great guys on the mic. There's a lot of great personalities, a lot of great characters. But Dusty Rhodes created this character that um, was, was, was just everybody, almost everybody could relate to this guy. I remember when he did one, the Hard Times one. Yeah, Hard Times Blues. A lot of wrestling fans out there, yeah. He he did one, and it was about hard times and about people losing their jobs and this and that and the other thing. They give and you I mean, a watch. <laughs> they yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you could you you could see some of it was was from himself. Some of it was from from Virgil Runnels. You know, it, it right. was it was from him and his and his um, his experiences as a kid, and probably his family's experiences. And a lot of it was, you know. I don't want to say overblown. It's not what I, really what I meant. What I, really what I mean, but a lot of it was um, kind of well playing to the crowd, as you uh, if you will. If you um, will. <laughs> and but but he was so it was such a natural thing. I mean, people there, there's guys out there that would pay millions of dollars to be able to do what came to Dusty Rhodes naturally. And there's a lot of guys on wrestling right now. That, that couldn't find a promo like that 
ever, <laughs> which is kind of sad for the state of wrestling today. But um, but that, that's the one big thing when when, you, when I hear Dusty Rhodes just just his promos, you know uh, they they were they were absolutely the best. Well, let me ask you this though: Did his promos take away from his in ring skills? I think lay that's such a great question. Thank it, you. I think I, I'm a media sensation. I uh, which apparently we'll get you are. <laughs> um, I, I I think later in in his career they did because it, it was he he did the the polka dot thing in the WWF yeah. uh, and and that with with uh, with the uh, what man. was her name Diamond, uh, Diamond I think no, her no, name no, was no, Sapphire. No. Sapphire Sapphire um, and and it was just. You know, it was fine, I suppose, but it wasn't. It wasn't him. It really wasn't him. He he became the caricature of Dusty Rhodes, which is kind of strange if you think about it. But I think it did. I think that it took away from his in-ring skills for a big man, and he was a big man. For a big man, he was really nimble, really agile. Great feet. Yep. Yep. Great feet, and 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 just just absolute. The footwork was was phenomenal. Um, he could do almost anything in the ring that a guy half his size could do, you know, and, and, uh, it was, it was, he was the, you know, no, no disrespect to Lex Luger, but he was the total package. He was the guy that put everything together. One of the, one of the very first guys, there's a couple other ones, but one of the very first guys that put it all together. And yeah, but I, I agree with you. I think, I think some of the, especially later in his career. Um, some of that took away from um, how really good he was in the ring. You know, when I, when I think of him, obviously the Mike skills and the hard time blues yeah. and whatever yeah. he would say, you know, like you said, if you, if you will, and, and, in public, yeah. you know, all his yeah. funky, like a monkey and so on and so forth. Yeah. And then whenever, yeah. to, not to jump around, but whenever he was the common man, which those vignettes were, they were very, very funny, but he wasn't supposed to be funny. Whenever he fought superstar Billy Graham uh, in Madison Square Garden, those three fights, the, the first one, uh, well, the third one was the, the bull rope match, but yeah. they were they were wars. Then when he fought Harley Race and even a f- several of the flair fights. So and, and with Abdul, the butcher, we used to call him the butcher. But anyway, <laughs> those were like real fights. And right. then I think it got to be, like you said, I, I don't want to say a joke with the polka dots. And I know a lot of former wrestlers didn't like that. But like Dusty Rhodes said, if it was a rib, fine. If it was, I made it work and they knew I made it work and I took it to the bank. So he did do that uh, very well. Yeah. And he was very athletic for a man that size. He used to do the Muhammad Ali thing and and he would, do yeah. little, you know, he would dance a little bit, throw some jabs and then he would do his his thing, you know. <clears throat> but uh, again, nimble, like you said, you pretty much hit it on the head. And natural was another key word you said. It, it was nothing was scripted. Um, what, what's one of right. the interviews that we still and these interviews were again we talk about forty years, thirty five, forty years ago. Yeah. Whenever uh, yeah. J- Boogie Woogie Man uh, Jimmy Valiant so he yeah. asked us for help. Let us not yeah. scorn yeah. him, but yeah. let us help. But we still talk about that. 
you know. Still and, remember that thirty five years later. Yeah. yeah. And and he didn't write that down or anything like that. It, it just it just happened. But what were yeah. some of the uh, feuds? I mentioned superstar Billy Graham when he was here uh, in the WWF back then, WWF in seventy seven right. when Superstar was champ twice. He fought him twice. Right. He fought him after back and won the belt. And it was still a main event. It was still a big time draw, the sure. board match. And right. and um, so what were your thoughts? What what were some feuds that you liked that Dusty was in? Oh, the biggest that for me, the biggest one was he and him and Flair. Uh, he and Ric Flair just went round and round and round, you know, just, just whether it was singles, whether it was with the horsemen and then, and, and Dusty with Magnum TA and say the road yeah. warriors or, or, or other, you know, other, other uh, mixes and matches of those guys. Um, but just, but he and Flair, that was, again, you, you asked me the three things that popped to mind when I think of Dusty Rhodes, the, the interviews, the bleeding, Oh, yeah. He bled almost every. I mean, he would get up in the morning and bleed. I mean, it was <laughs> look at ridiculous. his head. Look at his forehead. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, he looked. Uh, talk about Abdul the Butcher. I mean, crying out loud, they they went to the same skin doctor. Must have been. Oh my but god. The, Dr. And, Vinnie and, Boom and, and, that, <laughs> There you go. And um, and 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 the third thing is the 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 flare and dusty stuff in the in the in the early to to mid to late eighties. In the NWA, uh, that that was just just all. Whether it was like I said, singles. Whether it was you know four against four with the Horsemen. Whether it was you know tag teams. Whatever. I mean, it was just that. Those are the those are the matches I remember. And they and you, you listen to Flair, especially when when Dusty Rhodes passed away. You listen to Flair sort of eulogize him over the weeks after he passed away. And Flair said, I would not be here without Dusty Rhodes. I wouldn't be who I am today without Dusty Rhodes, you know, and you can maybe <laughs> wonder if that was a little, some of it's good, some of it's bad, maybe, but depending on, you know, considering what Flair kind of ultimately got into, but the, when they first got together, I mean, they tag team together, they tag teamed against each other, they, they singles matches against each other, but just, the, the things that they were able to accomplish and, and flair gives dusty a ton of credit for his um, for, for his career, uh, especially the beginning of his career. And, and uh, I just remember how well they worked together, how great those matches were. Um, I remember the superstar matches that you mentioned. I don't remember them as well. Um, and then uh, there was the, uh, there, uh, there was the, um, Harley race matches. I remember those oh, yeah. pretty well. Um, th those were again, bloodbaths, you know, but, but really it's, it's, it's what he did in the ring with flair that I'll always remember. Those were incredible, incredible matches. And, and they were storylines. They were arts. Right, they had right. story, they, they, the stories had arcs to them. And it, it was, it was just amazing how well they were put together. Well, I think if I'm not mistaken, when flair first came up, he wanted to do kind of like an offshoot of Dusty Rhodes. And I believe Dusty Rhodes told, no, that do your thing. You know, he right. kind of wanted to do something similar to Dusty. And yeah, they had a huge rival 
uh, rivalry for sure. And it was a perfect matchup. It was almost like, you know, the Celtics Lakers in a sense, because yeah, it was dusty. Good, yeah. It was dusty. Who was the cowboy with the chew and the, uh, he had the hat and, and he would talk the way he, he spoke the way he spoke. And he was the guy who rode a truck and flair had the, you know, thousand dollar shoes. I mean, uh, suits yeah. and the leather shoes and so on, the Rolex and so on and so forth. And so they were, they, they tried to do the opposite thing and they were opposites. And, and it was just, yeah. it was just magic. The, the one thing though, well, since you, since you mentioned flair, let me ask you a very tough question. Or maybe it's not a tough question. Who had the better mic skills? Wow. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Well, I know they, Patty liked they, Flair. They both, I know that, right? Yeah, she did. She did. She thought she she thought he was hilarious. Um, she had never even watched wrestling when we first started to date, and then she saw me watching wrestling one time, and I happened to be watching NWA, and Flair's on the mic, and she goes, "Who's that? He's hilarious," you know. Um, and uh, they they were both exceptional. I mean, you 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 want to talk about Mount Rushmore of mic skills? They both of them have to be on it, you know. Um, they but they came at it, I think, from different ways. Um, where Flair was was all about the bombast and the and the puffery and look how look at me, me, look me, at me, right? Which which worked really well for him. It was perfect, like you said, the suits and the alligator shoes and the Rolexes and all the the long blonde hair and all that stuff. It was perfect for him. And he, and he, if you, if you listen to his kid, if you listen to Charlotte Flair, he lived that life, you know, what, what maybe to the detriment of their family. Um, but, but like I said, Dusty did, he crafted this, a character, but it was a much different character. Flair, you love to hate. You couldn't hate Dusty Rose. Even when Dusty Rose was a heel for a small part of his career, you couldn't hate him. You know, it was so tough to hate him. He was he was right. just 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 his personality and the over the topness. Flair was over the top, but in a different way. Flair was look at me, look at me, and Dusty was was you know I just want to be the best I can be, son of a plumber, blah 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 blah. You know, so if I had to pick, wow, <laughs> if I had to pick, it would probably be Flair, but by a whisker. Mm. You yeah. know, when Flair would snap out and remember he hit himself in the head a couple of times. Yeah. And then the yeah. next week he told Luger, you want me to do it again? You know, he yeah. just, he would just snap. Remember he would turn. We right were afraid face. he was going to have a stroke the one oh, time. I, remember I the one thing he did? We thought oh he was going to stroke out. And, and Dusty was, <laughs> he didn't flip out like that, but you know, he, I, I'd say another thing that I, I liked was whenever they, you talked about the four horse whenever they jumped him, uh, and they tied him yeah. to the, uh, to the truck and they, 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 they tied yeah. his hand and then they were going to beat his hand with a bat and Dusty says, yeah. make it good, make it good. And then all of a sudden they, they black out and you don't see it. But I'll tell you what was yeah. funny though. And me and Vinny went to go see it at the civic arena when Dusty was suspended and he came back as the midnight rider. Now <laughs> he had, he had a mask on, but he was doing the interviews yeah. and he had the list. Yeah. He had the body yeah. And like J.J. Uh, uh, Dillon said, that's Dusty Rhodes and uh, Tony Schiavone. Well, Dusty Rhodes is suspended. But that's him under a mask. <laughs> no, Dusty wouldn't do that. Yeah, that was hilarious. 
in, in theater, they have a thing called suspension of disbelief. And they were really, really asking the audience to suspend our disbelief with that one. Wow. Yeah. Didn't they? Didn't they really? They really uh, were suspending there. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. Well, it's not going to be a quick break because I have a lot of announcements. Of course, our great sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, criminal defense attorney Eric Jackson-Lurie, and my policy quotes, and a bunch of things. Obviously, don't forget about my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. Get that at my website, ClaudiaRosano.com, Barnes & Noble, Robinson Township, or, um, yeah, just get it one of those. But we're online, Amazon or Barnes & Noble. The Boxing Authorities, boxing's best TV show with Luther Dupree Jr. and Smokin' Jim Frazier. You can check this out. Check us out on Channel Box. Click on the WBC Live link. My new podcast, the PABCA Podcast, Pennsylvania Basketball Coaches Association Podcast. Check us out at pa-bca.org. And my new, our new radio show, Italian Impact Weekly with Steve Mancini. We have a lot of great guests on. May 4th, we're going to have Mario Andretti on. Uh, you can hear those. Donnie Iris is going to be on pretty soon as well. But you can hear that show on Thursdays on KH, with the KHB Radio, 620 AM, 102.1 FM. And uh, some announcements on April 15th, the first YinzerCon event. Uh, it will be, let me get you the right address here. It will be at 236, 236 Finley Road in Bell Vernon, Pennsylvania, second floor. It's the uh, Steel City Galleries. You can check, you can send a, uh, you know, get your tickets, ask questions at buying at steelcitygalleries.com. And some of the people are Mary Hours from KDKA uh, Weather, uh, Doran Dickerson from Pitt, and I believe he's a 93.7, John Banizak, former Steeler Super Bowl winner, Angelo Spagnolo, who was the voted the world's worst avid golfer. And I will be there as well. Very honored to be invited to that. Kathy, I believe her name's Svalar. She's the uh, Shop and Save lady. So it'll be a fun event. I'm very honored to be there. I can't wait to go. Saturday, it'll be Saturday, April 15th. May 15th, the 22nd annual For the Kids Celebrity Golf Outing. Uh, brought to you by Christian Sports International. It'll be a Treesdale Golf Course. Uh, Sid Bream and John Kolb will be hosting it, as always. A lot of great celebrities will be there. Celebrities from the past who were there. Rocky Blyer was there. Louis Lipses attended. Um, many former Steelers and Pirates, Robin Cole. I will be there for the 22nd year, which is crazy. So I appreciate being invited to that. And uh, I think that's all the announcements till the next commercial. So when we come back, uh, come back to the uh, next, uh, what, the next break, after the break with Rick Mitchell. It's so nice to be outside this time of year to enjoy boating, fishing, gardening, and golf. How about swimming and playing in the park, Parker? Yes, Hudson. Unless you're experiencing sneezing, headaches, nasal congestion, itchy, watery eyes, and hives, it's allergy season. Can Grandpa help people feel better? Yes, Hudson. At the Roscoe Allergy Center in Dubois, folks can get relief so they can enjoy their summer. Call Grandpa today at 814-375-0455. Modern solutions with the allergy care you've been looking for. Gotcha. 
law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Dom Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Would you like to join a community service-oriented group to help provide remarkable services such as the Halloween Parade, Santa Parade, a Memorial Golf Outing, the annual Harvest Festival, award secondary educational scholarships, and raise several fundraising events? If so, the Quaker Valley Rotary Club is looking for people of action who live a service-above-self type of lifestyle and want to help make the Quaker Valley District even better. Please visit us at www.quakervalleyrotary.org or call Scott Zayner at 412-720-0298. Okay, Rick, uh, another legend who was great. He should be on the... uh, Mount Rushmore of Mike Skills. I don't know what the hell he said half the time, but he was still good. The Iron Sheik. Uh, <laughs> zoom it. What are the first <laughs> things that come to mind uh, during his wrestling career? What are the first things that come to mind when you think of the Iron Sheik? The, 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 when I think of the Iron Sheik, the very first thing was him um, losing the belt to Hogan. Um, I didn't know much about him, although he had been, he had been in wrestling for at least 10 years before that, right. uh, before he, he lost the belt and he had been, he had been in, uh, international wrestling, uh, you know, like Olympic wrestling. Um, uh, and he will not fail to tell you that he was an AAU champion. That's right. That's right. Um, and he, he trained guys and he trained guys not only in, in, in Olympic wrestling, but in professional wrestling too. And Von Eriks. Just, and, and there are so many, there are so many guys that he was involved with training, uh, you know, uh, especially in the, uh, the, the AWA um, just back in the day. But the very first thing now, of course I had, I had seen him before in the lead, in the, in, in the build up to the match, at, uh, at Madison Square Garden against Hogan when, when you know, Hulkamania kind of first started uh, after that match. But because um, I remember the, the, uh, the, the, the stuff with the Persian clubs with Backlund oh, yeah. and, yep. and all that and, and just, just all of the, all, all, like I said, all of the buildup. But that, I, I just picture uh, the, when you say Iron Sheik, I picture Hogan beating him. He was in the camel clutch. Hogan you know, manages to stand up and slam the sheik into the end of the turnbuckle. And he, he, he does his thing and he covers them. Um, but then the, the other thing is, like you said, those interviews, those interviews were hilarious. Just the, the funniest thing. And he's doing this in his second language. So God bless him. But I mean, just, just, they were, they were the funniest, unbelievably funny. Uh, I remember one in particular 
I think it was on um, Tuesday Night Titans, I believe. And they they were talking. McMahon was talking to him about camels, and McMahon oh, yeah. said said something about a camel. And the Iron Sheik totally broke character and looked at him and said, "How did you know that? You know, because here's this guy who was not you know not a Persian or whoever, but he's telling the Iron Sheik about camels, and the Sheik just was like, "Really? You know, I I don't can't believe you knew that. You know." And, and McMahon even laughed, you know, and they, they, they kept it in. They didn't, they didn't edit it out, that, but it was yeah. really funny. But just those, those kind of things, you know, like Mr. Cameraman, zoom it, you know, all that stuff. It was, it was hilarious stuff. Um, and then the other thing I think of, uh, a big fan of the Iron Sheik was the New Jersey State Police. Uh, <laughs> when, he, when he got pulled over with Jim Duggan, who he was in a feud with at the time, yeah. which, which, which was like the, the, Kayfabe was just totally broken after that. Um, they were they were you know driving from one event to another together, and and they got pulled over. And I can't remember. I think they found coke in the car, um, and somebody was high. I can't remember which one of them was high. Uh, it might have been Duggan. Um, but yeah, that's that's another thing I think of. Like, whoops, <laughs> you know. Um, but the Sheik was. It wasn't his in-ring skills were were fine. Nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with his in-ring skills. And he he came, he went about it in a different way than a lot of the American wrestlers. Which you know, you 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 figure that's going to happen with his with his background and his 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 wrestling background and everything. But it was it was all the little stuff. It was the it was the boots with the point. Yeah, he'd load it up. He'd load it up. Yeah, and and he, he would load up, and it was the it was the 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 uh, uh, the, the headdress he would wear, and I can't I'm, I'm I'm not saying what it is properly, and I apologize for that, but the you know and the and the crazy robes he would wear, and just all of those little things, and the mustache, and the I think somebody described it as a boffo mustache. I'm not entirely sure what that means, but that's how I saw it described. Um, and just all of that stuff and just the, the Persian clubs and all of the, 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 the different things he brought to it. And, and, um, you know, and then of course, when he beat Backland and Arnold Skull and threw in the towel and that kind of yeah. stuff, just, just, you know, an, an incredible career. And then, and then <laughs> he's had a second career on Twitter let me tell you something. If you're not following the Iron Sheik on Twitter, you have to. <laughs> you absolutely oh, have to. Well, being on the Stern show made that. him blow up. Yeah, yeah. I watched right. that. He was hilarious. Remember when they had he the fake? He was really funny. They had the fake yeah. the Ultimate Warrior and all that. And, yeah. But he was always a character. And the Doug, I don't think either one of them were high. They just, you know, had whatever they had in the car. And they and it was. Yeah. I think they got more in trouble with the WWF than they did uh, legally. But yeah, um, I think you're right. But he was, and he was a very respected wrestler. Uh, Absolutely, he was a, as they say, he could shoot. He was very good, and he, I believe, he trained the Von Erichs. If I'm not, well, no, 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 yeah, I think it was. I think he did uh, do something Von Erichs. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm obviously their father had a lot to do with their, you know, training as well. But I'm pretty sure right. that he had something to do with the Von Erichs. Um, but. Uh, and, but he is. I remember the backland fight, obviously. But you mentioned you mentioned the Persian clubs with Steve King. Remember Steve King couldn't do it, and Blassie's sure. laughing at him, 
And, uh, you know, and that was, but those were great, which, and they were natural, as you said earlier and his interviews, but you know what else, you know, his, he was to call Gene mean, and he was so funny with Gene Oakland. I want to say that Gene mean was his best man at his wedding. I think that's true. Okay. He was. You're absolutely right. Yes. He, yeah. I just I just read that not too long ago. That Gene Oakland was the Sheik best man. Yeah. But when he won the and belt, he's been married of, to his wife. The Sheik has been married to his wife since the '70s. I don't think you know, they're together so, anymore. I don't think they're they, together they may, anymore. Well, they may not. They may not have divorced. Yeah. But okay. they, you know, they. But yeah, they 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 were and, together and, for a long time. But yeah. And and uh, yeah, but but the one the one story about him that Michael P. S. Hayes. Uh, told is one time, I guess, that uh, Vince McMahon Sr. wanted to do a drug test on on the Iron Sheik. And he goes to Iron Sheik. He says, uh, Sheik, uh, we got the results back, and uh, they were positive. And the Iron Sheik says, yes, I told you. The Iron Sheik, they're positive. You know. He said, no, no, Sheik, it's not good. <laughs> that means it's not good. But there's so many well, stories about Darren Sheik, but he is out of all the great wrestlers, he's probably back then, he might be the one that's still known the most. But what I was going to say, whenever he beat Backlund, we didn't know about it until the interview, right. like the next, right. I don't know, week, two weeks later, whatever it was, because we didn't have it, yeah. you know, so quick as we do now. And I remember all right. of us was say, what? Because I mean, back yeah. when was champ, I want to say from, well, from 77 About to six years. 83, December of 83. Mm-hmm. So yeah. close to six years, which is a hell of a long time. And we could yeah. not believe that, that the Sheik beat him. And, um, right. and, you know, and, and forgive me, one, one thing that I, uh, I'm going to talk about this with the Sheik. And uh, Dusty Rhodes, real quick, I'm sorry. He was only champ. He was champ for two times, but he wasn't champ very long. And the Iron right. Sheik was champ very long. I believe his only title defense was against Tito Santana, and that was it. Why do you think yeah. – now, now, there's an old thing in boxing. They said that George Foreman, Vinny Paz, and Mike Tyson were the three boxers that did not need a belt to pack the house. And wrestling, right. I'm sure Dusty, uh, Piper, Snuka, and I guess the Sheik, right. I guess they, they didn't need a belt to pack the house. Is that why you think they didn't have the belt that long? I, I think so. I, I think, um, and, and Andre, you could say Andre too. Um, Andre, Andre too. Didn't need a belt, you know, to to pack the house. But I think so. I think the Sheik was well. Remember the she, the Sheik was uh, uh, one of the. He was notorious when they started doing the pro Iraq thing, you know, oh, and yeah. then the and then uh, the and then when he teamed with. Um, uh, Nikolai Volkov. Nikolai Volkov. When he teamed with, they were hated. They were hated. I mean, just and just and they pushed it and pushed it and pushed. It. So you're right. I think that that he got so much heat from from the, the the evil kind of characters he portrayed that he didn't need a belt, you know, to to generate that that audience uh, reaction. Um, and he was a you know he was a transitional champion, but. To call him a transitional champion in the same vein as Stan Stasiak is damning no. the Sheik with some praise. Exactly. You know, I mean, he was a transitional champion only because he just didn't hold the belt that long because they knew they wanted to put it on Hogan, and they didn't want Hogan and Backlund to, to, to fight. So, you know, they made the Sheik. I think the, giving the Sheik the belt 
was kind of a thank you, you know, and I and, and then they they rewarded the sheik after that with just this gigantic heat from from the you know from doing the not the the, the anti American stuff and the pro Iraqi stuff and all that or pro Iran stuff I should say. Um, so yeah, I, I think that he and he was a good scout and he did his thing and he you know he was totally fine with all of that stuff and so the the company said he's a good company man you know so they said okay we're going to do this. The one story that I that I absolutely love, because Sheik was so hated, and he was such a bad guy. But apparently, uh, Bruno San Martino got some heat from one of the local football teams, some of their guys, and a, a few of their guys were backstage, and they were giving Bruno a lot of crap. There was like five or six of them giving Bruno a lot of crap, and then and and it got a little serious. And the Sheik, who was in the shower heard commotion he ran out naked and he, he it was him he and bruno held off these five or six guys themselves and bruno said i might have been in trouble had the sheik not come to help me you know and these are the stories you love to hear because it's about yeah yeah okay you broke kayfabe all right fine but still it's 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 this brotherhood backstage that was more important than the characters you know on stage or in the ring you know and i just love that story that, that the sheik was ready to go and it was a guys. guy, exactly right. It was a guy who was a football player. Uh, he yeah. played more more in Canada than he did here. Somehow okay. he got backstage to Civic Arena, <clears throat> and he shook Bruno's hand, and but he wouldn't let go. Right, and he started acting right. a little bit funny, and Bruno said, "You know, what are you what are you trying to do here?" Well, the one thing yeah. led to another, and Bruno starts stroking these guys, and, and he's nailing these guys all of a sudden. You hit it on the head. Uh, Sheik heard about it, went out there with no clothes on. He started pounding these guys, too. So it was yeah. probably better match outside in that little hallway than it was in the <laughs> ring. But, uh, you know, everybody has good things to say about Sheik. They, they really do. Yeah. But yeah. another story about him, uh, Backlund, did, I don't believe from what you hear anyway, that he, he did not want to lose the title to Hogan. Or, uh, you know, he, he, wouldn't, he wasn't going to do that. But um, uh, I don't I don't know how they would have fought. Maybe it was good guy against good guy, whatever the case was. But he was okay yeah. with losing it to the Sheik. So, um, but another thing, a story goes, and uh, many people say it. So I get maybe it's the truth. And even Iron Sheik said it during his Hall of Fame induction, which was a great speech. He said the Vern yeah. Gagne offered him a hundred thousand dollars to yeah. break yeah. Hogan's leg and bring the belt to uh, you know the AWA or something along those lines. As a matter of fact. And a right. part of that story is when the Iron Sheik was in Pittsburgh, uh, he was talking it over, kind of advice, asking advice from Sergeant Slaughter about what to do. Um, right. And, of course, Slaughter said, no, you, you got to go through with it. And it's obviously uh, he did. He, he lost to uh, to Hulk Hogan. But, um, right. you know, he, he's still legendary and he's developed a uh, – what, what what what's the term? Uh, not an underground. I don't know if he's an underground type cult guy. Following. Cult, cult. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, yeah. and he just turned yeah. eighty-one a couple of days ago, and yeah. Um, yeah. he was he was definitely they, as they say they don't make him like that anymore. Um, <laughs> he sure. is a riot in his shoot interviews. Yeah. I I want to say, and I could be wrong, he may have he may have been the first star of the shoot interviews. 
Um, I could be wrong. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. he was just yeah. hysterical. Uh, what, what he yeah. would say. Yeah. <laughs> little, little, uh, little, um, not PC these days. No, um, uh, he would just give some it of to the you. stuff he got away with back then. He could never get away with today, but yeah, you're right. No, no, no. Well, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the, some AWA guys, but first we're going to hear from our great sponsors, Roscoe hearing and allergy care center, Don's Pizzeria and sports bar, criminal defense attorney, Eric Jackson, Lurie, my policy quote, call Lou Ragianti on his cell. At 412-609-9963 and visit mypolicyquote.com. Get my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field in the Office. Get it from my website or Barnes & Noble in Robinson Township or online. The Boxing Authorities, get, watch us on Channel Box. Uh, click on the WBC Live link with Luther Dupree Jr. and Smoke and Jim Frazier, Boxing's Best uh, television show, the Pennsylvania Basketball Coaches Association podcast, where I interview basketball coaches and uh, front office people from Pennsylvania. Go to pa-bca.org. Uh, our new show, New Italian Impact Weekly Radio Show. It's on Thursdays from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Check us out on KHB Radio at 6.20 a.m., 102.1 FM. Uh, we have had a lot of great guests thus far. We're going to have a bunch of more uh, Mario Andretti May 4th. Uh, check that out again Thursdays at 5 to 6. Donnie Iris will be on shortly as well. And um, April 15th, first time ever, the first annual Yinzer Conley. We hope it's annual. Uh, Don Spagnolo is setting it up. It's a great event. A lot of uh, Pittsburgh, it's all Pittsburgh stuff, you know, Pittsburgh memorabilia. Pittsburgh people, um, Doran Dickerson from Pitt, uh, John Banaszak, former Steeler Super Bowl winner, Angelo Spagnolo, voted world's most uh, worst avid golfer, uh, Kathy Svlar, I think that's how you pronounce her name, the Shop and Save Lady, she'll be there, and I will be there. You can uh, get your tickets at buying at steelcitygalleries.com or go to remixed.com, that's with R-E-M-I-X-X-D.com. Uh, or you can go to steelcitygalleries.com. Mary Hours from KDKA will be there. So, again, I'm very honored to be there. It's at 236 Finley Road in Bell Vernon, Pennsylvania. And plus, Don has a ton of great memorabilia. Rick, he had something from the Beatles, which I know you would have liked. Oh, yeah. And he said it was hard for him to sell it, but he's got a bunch of stuff like that. And on May wow. 15th, the 22nd annual For the Kids Celebrity Golf outing at Treesdale Golf Course. Uh, Sid Bream and John Cole will be hosting again. A lot of great players have been there in the past. Robin Cole, Louis Lips, uh, Rocky Blyer, um, uh, Grant Jackson uh, unfortunately passed. He used to come all the time. We used to have a lot of fun. I'll be there again. But go to teamcsigolf.org to register. Teamcsigolf.org to register. We will be right back with Rick Mitchell. It's so nice to be outside this time of year to enjoy boating, fishing, gardening, and golf. How about swimming and playing in the park, Parker? Yes, Hudson. Unless you're experiencing sneezing, headaches, nasal congestion, itchy, watery eyes, and hives, it's allergy season. Can Grandpa help people feel better? Yes, Hudson. At the Roscoe Allergy Center in Dubois, folks can get relief so they can enjoy their summer. Call Grandpa today at 814-375-0455. Modern solutions with the allergy care you've been looking for. Gotcha. 
law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Dom Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Would you like to join a community service-oriented group to help provide remarkable services such as the Halloween Parade, Santa Parade, a Memorial Golf Outing, the annual Harvest Festival, award secondary educational scholarships, and raise several fundraising events? If so, the Quaker Valley Rotary Club is looking for people of action who live a service-above-self type of lifestyle and want to help make the Quaker Valley District even better. Please visit us at www.quakervalleyrotary.org or call Scott Zayner at 412-720-0298. Okay, Rick, two guys from the AWA. Obviously, we're here in Pittsburgh. We got to see these two guys basically from the magazines. And um, and obviously YouTube. So Nick Bockwinkle um, was a you know longtime champion in the AWA. Uh, your thoughts and uh, basically your thoughts. Uh, what comes to mind when I mention Nick Bockwinkle to you? Uh, it, it's when when you had mentioned that you uh, you wanted me to be uh, on the show and and you we were going to be talking about some of these guys. The, the the guys those two guys you mentioned the, the Vern Gagne and, and and Nick Bockwinkle like you said we really didn't see them a, a lot because there was no TV right. here um, until the eighties until the mid eighties when ESPN, ESPN picked up right. AWA right right, right. and uh, by that time Bockwinkle wasn't really the force in the AWA that he had been That's right. uh, so you're right it, we we saw it in the wrestling magazines that's who we that that's the, 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 that's how we got the information about these guys in the wrestling magazine. Um, first of all, I've, I've always said, I love the AWA championship, heavyweight championship belt. I've always yep, loved that. Exactly. Huge. It was a huge belt. I loved it. I thought it was the best one, uh, for, for a long time. Um, Bockwinkle. Um, so I, I did a little, little, little bit of reading. I knew a little bit about Bockwinkle, but a little bit of reading about him. I mean, he had been around since the late fifties, early sixties. And just jumping from territory to territory to territory. I mean, he was in Hawaii for a while. He was in the South. He was in the Pacific Northwest. All, you know, all of these different places. And then when he finally landed in the AWA, you know, he he you know he became a uh, I, I believe we, yeah with with Ray Stevens he was uh, he became a really formidable tag team guy. They won the belt a few times. They they traded it back and forth with the with the with the the blackjacks, I believe. Um, and and then he got his he got his singles push for the heavyweight championship. And again, he was one of those guys that was always the champ in that territory. He was always the guy. You know, like Flair was always the guy in the NWA, and 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 eventually Hogan was always the guy in the in the WWF. 
the Bockwinkel was always the guy. And I remember there was a there was a champion versus champion match with Backlund. Yeah. And yep. I think it was um, 77 or 78, maybe, yep. um, where they, you know, obviously double count out. So nobody lost, you know, nobody won, but nobody lost either, you know. And they, they had a couple of those. I mean, they, they've done that before. I, I can't imagine ever seeing something like that happen these days. But um, but I remember that um, from the magazine, like you said, from the magazine. Um, but, you know, by all accounts, Bockwinkle was, you know, just as, you know, qualified in the ring. He was just as, as competent in the ring, really good, good on the mic. Not probably not. You know, he probably not on the Mount Rushmore of, of guys on the mic, but he was, but he was really, uh, but he was a bad guy, but he was popular. A la Ric Flair. Flair might have kind of done it better, but Bockwinkel was he was a heel, but he was, but a lot of people loved him. You know, and again, he was champion for a long time in the AWA. Um, he feuded with everybody. He feuded with Hogan. He feuded with yeah. uh, Rick Martel. He feuded with Kurt Henning. You know all these names you know. Larry about. the Axe. Larry the Axe Henning. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> doing two generations there. You know, um, and and he just you know he, he he eventually I guess as as he got a little bit older he decided to slow down a little bit and then and then they uh, they took the belt off of him. But um, yeah, not really knowing much about him because we never really saw him, but still really a quality professional wrestler really really good at his craft and was did it forever he had at least a 30 35 year career which as i was going back into his history like wow he was he was doing this in the in the late 50s and early 60s you know in all these different territories i mean he had it was amazing um you know how much um how much experience he had before even before the NWA before his really big days in the NWA. Well, his dad was a wrestler and he started. So Nick started off very early, as you said. And yes, you think about the belt, the big belt that he had that covered, you know, yeah. his chest, almost the entire stomach. <laughs> yeah. and, and his, his other big feud was obviously with Vern Gagne, but they, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's funny how different it, it's all. I, I just thought about this. Like where I'm, where my family's from in Italy, Calabria, we speak different, we cook different than a town maybe 15 miles away. The AWA, their tastes were different than NWAs and WWF. Um, Like, for example, Bruno was the Italian strongman. Then you had Race, who was a quiet guy, but, you know, a tough guy. And Bachwinkle, who they thought, there in Minnesota and all those areas was, you know, he was kind of like the Hollywood-ish type guy with the suits and the right. hair. Bobby Heena was his right. manager, and and he was he used to use big fancy words and all that kind of stuff. So everybody had their own language, so to speak, or their right. own the thing that they right. liked, or like you said earlier with Dusty, the way he was, you know. But Bachwinkle, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously all we ever saw was until later on, but it was pretty much done by then. Uh, was the magazines and there's a fantastic one of the best wrestling documentaries in my opinion was about the AWA and they really obviously focused a lot on on Nick Bockwinkel but I think the one thing that hurt him was he was champ 
you know, Flair had a huge personality. Dusty Rhodes had a huge personality. Harley Race didn't have a huge personality, but he was a huge in-the-ring persona. And then, of yeah. course, Bruno, you know, those magazines, which did originate from New York. There used to be about 10 magazines coming out a month, and Bruno was on the cover. That's why I always say, and it's unofficial, Bruno probably appeared on more magazine covers than any other professional athlete of all time because yeah. There, yeah. there would be, you know, just say – just say 120 magazines coming out a year. Bruno was on the cover from, from 63 until about 80 every month. Well, there was a time when he lost to 71, but even when he lost, you know, will he come back? But I think that he overshadowed uh, Nick Bockwinkle. And I saw an interview one time where they asked uh, Bockwinkle, PSAs, Pat Patterson, I forgot who else, and, and Gene Oakland was the moderator. But they said, who was the wrestler of the 70s? And and I don't remember what Bockwinkel I do remember Bockwinkel said that Bruno was kind of lucky that he was here in the East because of all the Italians and all right. that. But wherever Bruno went, when you know, even when he went to California, he sold out. Whenever he went to Japan, right. he sold out. So that's kind of a a bad rap Bruno gets that he just was just yeah, a Flair said guy. that too. Flair, yeah. Flair called him Northeast champion. Yeah. yeah. But, but when Bruno didn't have the belt and he was kind of like a free agent. And when he went to San Francisco, when he went to Canada, when he went to Japan, which he always did anyway, um, when he went to yeah. these places, Bruno was Bruno. And those magazines, that was the internet back then. Okay. Right. And, and Very Bruno good, yeah. was just yeah. plastered on him and probably Bockwinkle. And I understand, you know, was probably a little upset about that. But, you know, great wrestler um, for me and you putting speaking for you. He probably wasn't our cup of tea on the mic, but he had some great uh, battles. And uh, and he worked for the WWE for quite a while. But, um, yeah, he was, you know, definitely a star of his era. But one of his rivals was the owner of the AWA. And yeah. that was uh, Vern Gagne. Your thoughts of uh, of him? Well, I was I was going to say Vern Gagne preferred those sized guys because Vern right. Gagne wasn't a big guy. He wrestled. Vern no. Gagne wrestled for Vern Gagne wrestled everyone. <laughs> he wrestled yeah. everywhere, everyone. Vern Gagne was a two time NCAA champion wrestler. Right. Um, he was on the forty eight Olympic team. He was an alternate. So he, he did legit wrestling. I mean, he knew legit wrestling. You know, he was – guys that followed in his footsteps were Backlund and Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle. You know, those guys were legit, and they won medals, and they won NCAA titles and things like that. Um, but then he, he transitioned into the professional wrestling, and he was doing that in the 40s. He also boxed Vern Gagne, which I just found out. For the- Play for the Packers for a couple minutes, and I think, yeah, I and he played professional football too. Chicago Bears, I think. Uh, Hallis wouldn't let him do both. And I think he quit, but I think he was with the Packers for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I think you're right. And 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 but Ganya was not a big guy. Ganya was about six foot, five eleven, six foot, two fifteen, two twenty. You know, he looked big. You know, when when you put him against the maybe the announcers or people like that, but he preferred. Speaking of Nick Bockwinkel, he preferred those kind of guys. He preferred, he didn't like the monsters. You know, eventually he, eventually he had to 
kind of buy into it with with Scott Hall was a, was a, was a, started out in the AWA and he was huge compared to the guys that Bockwinkel had. So Scott Hall looked like a monster compared to the, the the Kurt Hennings who was very lean at the time, you know. And then you had a guy like Snuka who was in the AWA for a time and he wasn't Snuka wasn't a real big guy. And then of course Hogan went in, but he but Ganya didn't want to put the belt on Hogan because no, he didn't want no. the belt on a, a big, huge monster guy. He wanted them on the technical wrestlers, uh, you know, at the time. Um, and I, I always kind of felt bad for Ganya because he he did. I mean, AWA was a going concern. I mean, he he it was, a, but it was it was the definition, like you said, a definition of a regional organization. I mean, it, it could not get traction outside of the, the you know Minnesota and 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 that area. It, it, it was great up there. I mean, it had it had a, a, a huge following in that area, but it could never get traction like the the NWA and later the WCW. They got na- national traction in the in the late '80s and the '90s. They got huge national traction. Of course, it helps to have a super station broadcasting your matches. Um, and then, of course, the WWE, WWF becomes the WWE. Then they get huge worldwide traction. But I always felt bad because I think the AWA was was really good. It was even pretty good when ESPN was 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 yeah. uh, broadcasting the stuff in the mid '80s, late '80s, early '90s. There, there were some really good wrestlers, really good talent. But it was almost like. The AWA was a was a was a triple A organization or a quad A organization, if you will, Excellent. and those guys all left to go Excellent get things working in other places. And I, you know, it's kind of sad because a lot of those guys started out there. Hogan started out there. Kurt Henning, like I said, Scott Hall, Snooker was there for a time. Um, Ken Patera. Ken Patera, very good. Ken Patera Jerry, was there Jerry for a long Blackwell. time. Uh, yeah. Hogan, like you said, jumping Jim Brunzel, of course, great yeah, guy. Brunzel. Um, yeah. and, and, and the Iron Sheik, Sean yeah. Michaels, was on ESPN. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know what else? And, and not to interrupt you, you made fantastic points, and you said, and you hate, you even kind of hesitated saying it, but it was almost like Triple A um, baseball because they, those guys like Sherry Martell and and uh, and all those, yeah. they did they did yeah. well there. But then, and yeah. they were all very good, and they trained under Ganya. But and Backlund too, don't forget, yeah. Backlund started there. But yeah, but they went to another level when they went to WWF or WWE right. now. Right. So you you hit it on the head. You hate to say that, but they were big time. But then when they went to the WWE back then, WWF, WWF, they just exploded because that's when the man yeah. took over the world. And then eventually Ganya couldn't keep up with what was going on. And, there. and I think Ganya got bitter. And, oh, and I think that's why he wanted to, he wanted the Sheik to, to, you know, kneecap Hogan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be, because he didn't want to, you know, Hogan, he wanted Hogan to give him a big percentage of, of, of exactly. the, of the profits and, and, and all that stuff. And Hogan said, no, why would I do that? Very so, good. you know, Ganya got angry and he, you know, he 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 wanted to pay the sheik to 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 end kind right. of end Hogan's career, which tells you the level of bitterness that that kind of hit Ganya towards right. the end of his really the end of his I hate to say it but but the end of his um, 
his his kind of usefulness as, as, as a wrestling promoter and all of that. It, it's a shame because he, it was a good product. By all accounts, it was a really good product, but it just couldn't break out of the uh, of the regional, um, you know, the, the regional uh, association, but like the NWA slash WCW did sure. and WWE WWF. They they managed to do that. Right. And no, it, hit, it's you, a shame because, I mean, Ganya really, you know, he, he was one of the first guys to really kind of kind of put this kind of thing together. And he never it was able to see it really big. You, know? you hit all great points. And the Hogan thing, I know it kind of ended whenever Hogan was going to Japan. Ganya wanted the piece. Hogan said no. And they broke up. And then obviously Hogan came here. Um, Jesse Ventura and Adrian Adonis. You know, they, they, oh, they I forgot about there. those guys. Yeah. yeah. And of course, yeah. it's like Gene Okerlund and, and Heenan. They had a great <laughs> yeah. roster. On, yeah. Well, Andre fought yeah. everywhere, but yeah. it, but again, they, you could he, put that roster that that mid seventies, late seventies right. roster up against any any other all time roster, and it, it would really hold up. But to to sum it all up, when Gene Okerlund said, "Hulk, you're going to be fighting rock and roll." Um, Oh my God, it's going to bother me. Rock and roll. Rock and roll express. No, no, no. The guy who used to. Right, we're almost done here. I, I, what the hell was his name? Rock and roll. Uh, anyway, that was his first name. Hold on, I'm going to look this up. I don't care. It's my show. Rock and roll. <laughs> what was his AWA wrestler? Vinny will listen to this. It's a. He's. I know Vinny's saying it. Rock yeah. and roll. The hell, I don't care. Rock and roll. AWA. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, wait a minute. Zuba. Wait a minute. Nick, Nick Zumhoff. Nick Zumhoff. I, I, I couldn't even look it up. Uh, 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 Gene Oakland goes, Hulk, you're going to be fighting rock and roll. Nick Zumhoff. And Hogan goes, rock and roll who? You know, and this guy <laughs> used to go into the ring with a big boom box. And then, yeah. but, but that's all they did. But McMahon and company did, you know, the rock, rock and wrestling. And they just, so right. you hit it on the head. They tried to do that kind of thing, but it didn't work. Buck Zumhoff, not yeah. Nick. Buck Zumhoff. I'm pretty sure. Rock and roll Buck Zumhoff. Um, but anyway, okay. uh, yeah, and, and they just they just couldn't pull it off. Uh, I'm still going to look okay. just to make sure. Buck Zumhoff. <laughs> uh, Zumhoff. I got to get it right. Rock and roll, <laughs> rock and roll. But yeah, Buck Zumhoff. Yeah, Buck. Okay. Rock and roll. Because he goes, you're going to be fighting him. And Hogan goes, rock and roll who? Because it was a bad <laughs> character. It was a bad character. But anyway, yeah, it was yeah. a great roster. But McMahon, it's almost like, yeah, you've done well. And he did He did induct him into the Hall of Fame, Greg Gagne. Or Vern Gagne. Right. But I'm going right. to take it from here. And, and you know, maybe, maybe Gagne took it from the goal line to about the five yard line and then McMahon yeah. took it in the end zone, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah. it's like the Steelers when they had, what was it? Ernest Jackson. I think it was, he would, he'd get 30 carries 90, you know, 96 yards, but Jerome Bettis would have three touchdowns, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Ernest Jackson, but anyway, Rick, it's always a lot of fun. I knew you would do great. Cause, uh, this is something we talk about a magical time in wrestling for sure. And, uh, Absolutely. we'll definitely, We'll definitely have you on again to talk about the next series of wrestlers and uh, it's a lot of fun and the hour went quick. So thank you. 
Always enjoy it, Claude. Thanks again for having me, and uh, thanks for uh, putting up with me, Adam. <laughs> All right, brother. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon, Rick. All right. See you soon. Okay, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. That was a lot of fun. Um, we will definitely have more uh, wrestlers in the 70s and 80s discussion. So uh, we want to thank our sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Don's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, Criminal Defense Attorney Eric Jackson Laurie, and my policy quote called Lou Ragianti at 412-609-9963. Four wonderful people. Yes, four wonderful businesses, but four wonderful people. You know about my book, The Boxing Channel, uh, The Boxing Authorities on Channel Box. Click on WBC Live with Luther Dupree and Smoke and Jim Frazier, the uh, Pennsylvania Basketball Coaches Association podcast, pa-bca.org, and Italian Impact Weekly with Steve Mancini and myself. Thursdays at 5 to 6, we have some great interviews already. We're going to have a bunch more, including Mario Andretti on May 4th, and we're also going to put that show um on our show, I got to send it to the link to Adam and we'll put it up on our show, kind of a simulcast type thing. But you can listen to that show on 620 a.m. and 102.1 FM. Um, am I missing anybody? Have to thank again, Rick, for the intros and outros. My fantastic, wonderful uh, producer, Mr. Adam Zalouf. And we appreciate all of you listening. And as always, thank you, mom and pop. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to The Claudio Rosano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Be sure to tune in next time on ClaudioRosano.com. Outside this time of year to enjoy boating, fishing, gardening, and golf. How about swimming and playing in the park, Parker? Yes, Hudson. Unless you're experiencing sneezing, headaches, nasal congestion, itchy, watery eyes, and hives, it's allergy season. Can Grandpa help people feel better? Yes, Hudson. At the Roscoe Allergy Center in Dubois, folks can get relief so they can enjoy their summer. Call Grandpa today at 814-375-0455. Modern solutions with the allergy care you've been looking for. The law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout Western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar. 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Don Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Would you like to join a community service-oriented group to help provide remarkable services such as the Halloween Parade, Santa Parade, a Memorial Golf Outing, the annual Harvest Festival, award secondary educational scholarships, and raise several fundraising events? 
If so, the Quaker Valley Rotary Club is looking for people of action who live a service above self type of lifestyle and want to help make the Quaker Valley District even better. Please visit us at www.quakervalleyrotary.org or call Scott Zayner at 412 720 0298.